Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Knowledge Group Podcast. We're taking a forward look at what speakers are covering at our events. Turning our attention this time to our upcoming live event, FINRA Arbitration Hot Topics for 2020, and updates you should know. The event's going to go live Friday, December 13th, running between 3pm and 5pm Eastern Standard Time, and we're going to hear from a panel composed of Robert Harvey, an attorney at Jenkson Harvey LLP, Peter Tepley will be our second speaker, a partner at Rumberger Kirk and Caldwell, and Joe Wojciechowski will be our final speaker, a managing partner at Stoltman Law Offices. More information about our speakers, the full agenda, and how to sign up to listen to the event is found in the description box down below, along with the code PODCAST25. PODCAST25 gets you 25% off that very first webcast registration when used at checkout. More information about that also in the description. But for now, let's turn to our panel. Yeah, I'm Pete Tepley. I'm a partner at Rumberger Kirk and Caldwell in Birmingham, Alabama. Um, the primary focus of my practice is um, defending uh, firms and brokers, uh, registered reps in FINRA arbitrations. I also um, represent them in customer arbitrations. And some of the things that I want to talk or plan to talk about in the uh, FINRA arbitration webinar um, is the first thing is the increased claims for well-managed account damages and other alternative damages theories. Um, with the markets being up recently, I'm seeing um, a number of those claims in the cases that I have. That the and part of it is because the markets are so low, the net out-of-pocket losses are low, and so um, claimants who um, would like to have recovered more or, or, or um, receive more. Um, increases in their portfolios or in their investments um, in the rising markets are looking to some alternative damages theories because sometimes there are no net out-of-pocket losses or they're very low. So I think that we're going to see more of that next year, if, particularly if the markets continue to stay up. The second thing that I want to talk about um, is how Reg BI, which is going to come into effect um, in the middle of next year, may play into customer disputes. Um, my thinking there is that the standards that are going to be set, the disclosures um, and other standards uh, being set by Reg BI are going to become um, standards that reps and firms are held to even for um, activities that occurred prior to the implementation of the regulation. I think that will become the standard by which behavior um, is looked at, particularly with disclosures of compensation and fees. You know, I may be wrong there, but I think we'll see some of that. Um, I saw it before when the uh, fiduciary rule was coming in, even though it was never fully implemented, folks were saying, you know, that's the standard we ought to look at. So I think, you know, we'll see some of that. The nice thing about this webinar is you'll have myself and then Joe, who kind of come from a little bit different perspective. Um, I'm more defense and I think he represents more claimants. And so we can see these things a little bit from um, different points of view. Um, the next thing I want to talk about is motions to dismiss under the FINRA eligibility rule, which is Rule 12206. Um, I have made more of those motions recently. Some of them have been successful. Some of them have, been, have not been successful. Um, and I, it looks to me, um, at least anecdotally, that there's an increase in some of those um, claim, uh, motions being made because of the timing of some of the investments that are at issue. Um, one of the interesting things about Rule 12206 um, that I think you know, practitioners can agree on is FINRA panels 
can come down all over the place on that rule. Um, and there's different um, arguments to be made um, about how it would apply to the particular facts of a particular arbitration. And I've seen them granted um, on grounds that another panel um, doesn't grant them on. And so there's a lot of um, flexibility in there for the particular panels to follow, even though the rule um, seems to be pretty straightforward in how it's written. The last thing I plan to talk about um, is the continued claims and requests for expungement. Um, you know, if you look at the arbitration reports that some of the uh, private entities do, they send out, you know, what the arbitration awards are for a particular period. Uh, very frequently, the, the, uh, a significant amount of the um, arbitrations and awards that are in those reports are reps requests um, or claims for expungement. And I think there's a couple of reasons why we're seeing those claims um, that I'll discuss um, in the webinar, but they continue to be um, a, a large volume of the current FINRA arbitrations. And that's where I plan to go, and I'm going to look forward to what Joe has to say. Sure. Thank you very much. Uh, my name is Joe Wojciechowski, and I am the managing partner at Stoltman Law Offices in Chicago, Illinois. We primarily represent investors in the FINRA Arbitration Forum and uh, other arbitration forums and in state and federal court. Um, I would say that 90% of our practice is dedicated to representing investors, regardless of forum, but that most of those do end up in the FINRA Arbitration um, specifically. Uh, I would like to address just a, a handful of issues that I think are pretty big picture going into, into 2020. And uh, I think it's going to be pretty interesting to see where, where things sort of shake out in the coming year. Uh, the first the first topical area that I plan to discuss is sort of a surprise. We haven't seen this in, in many, many years at FINRA, but there's actually been a surge in the win rate for claimants in 2019. Uh, if you look at the FINRA statistics, it looks like the win rate is up to 48%, which when you look back at 2018, it was at 42%, and um, 17 was 45%, 16 was 42%. So it's it was pretty consistently in the low 40s, and then just this past just this this year to date, I guess I think the stats are through October, the win rate's up to 48%, which is a pretty substantial increase. And if you peel the onion back a layer, what you see is you see more cases being decided by all public panels. And the win rate on those cases year-to-date are 58%. And so you have less cases. The industry arbitrator in our side of the aisle always calls it the industry arbitrator bias. Um, the win rate on those cases where there is an industry arbitrator is down to 30%. And interestingly enough, last year, the numbers were actually reversed. 42% of the cases that went to hearing with an all-public panel res resulted in an award for claimants. And it was 47% that involved an industry arbitrator. So the folks on my side of the aisle, were, we were sort of scratching our heads because for years, we always argued or believed that there was sort of an implicit bias whenever there was an industry arbitrator on the panel. And that really wasn't turning out, at least in 2018. But that trend has sort of gone back to the way it was previously. 2019, the, the difference is pretty darn stark year to date. And I, I think that there's some reasons for that. And, you know, Pete referenced the increase in, in cases he's seeing with well-managed well -managed damages, market-adjusted damages, and I 100% agree with that. But I'll also say 
that when we're in having been in such a persistently raising rising stock market for a decade plus now we're going to be going on our 11th year starting um, this coming March in a bull market that has been pretty consistent when cases are filed and they actually do have market losses those tend to be pretty good cases because it's pretty tough to lose money in this environment um, so I think that that goes well into my next sort of segues well the next uh, issue that I'm going to talk about, which is what are the sort of investment scams or what are the investment product trends that I sort of forecast seeing going into 2020? And if you pay attention to the publications, the financial publications, whether it be investment news or what have you, um, what you see is things like uh, sales of, of non-traded REITs to retail investors are back to all-time highs. And this goes back to pre-financial crisis numbers when 05 and 06 and 07, the non-trader REIT space became increasingly popular with retail investors through the brokerage firms. Those are back to being at all-time highs. If the market blips or if the economy stumbles, the first egg crack will be real estate. And those REITs, again, I think I forecast will be a big problem for investors in 2020 potentially. Uh, I also think that private equity, private placements, all of that stuff, it's become easier through the implication of the regulations um, under the JOBS Act, which was passed in 2016. It's making it easier for firms to raise capital privately, and they're using the retail base to do it. And if you, if you also, another great source to figure this stuff out is the FINRA stats, and there's only a handful of areas in when they identify product type where there's actually been an increase in filings in 2019, and I think that trend's gonna definitely continue. That's private equities, um, options case are another issue, which is it's a, it, in, a, in a hot market, you would expect that, uh, but real estate investment trusts, private equities, those types of investments are resulting in more claims being filed. Um, I think one of the big issues from a practitioner standpoint that we're gonna have to really be on the lookout for in 2020 will be the implementation, excuse me, <laughs> the implementation of implementation of the new discovery guide, which may or may not happen in 2020, but we've been told for a while now that this was coming, and that is the inclusion of a specific list item requiring broker dealers to disclose insurance carrier information. It's been routine in federal and state court for years. Finally, Finra's figured out that. That is information that actually benefits both sides of the aisle. It, it benefits our cases to know if there's coverage because then we could craft the case accordingly. Similarly, from respondent side, if you got a claim that might be covered, then you want coverage to cover it and you want our help to get it covered. So the sooner we know insurance information, the better. That becomes part of the discovery guide. Um, hopefully in 2020, I understand that the Board of Governors is reviewing it any time between now and the end of the year, hopefully it gets implemented with a, with a reg notice in 2020. Uh, another issue that we'll talk about is the continuing sort of mess, which is unpaid arbitration award issue. Um, that is also another thing that our expectation is this year, 2020, um, there could be officially be a fund created for investors who end up having arbitration awards, they go the distance and they get a they, they get an award, and that award goes uncollectible. Um, the, the the idea is that by tw in 2020, at some point, there will be a fund created <clears throat> through some machination of FINRA or the SEC, where there will be an application process for those investors 
to apply to have their award paid either in whole or in part from the fund. And a lot of the details have yet to be worked out on it, but it's something that it's been a big problem uh, back in, I think it was 2018, it was 36% uh, of all FINRA awards went unpaid. And that's just um, in, in an industry that's so profitable, that does so well, that's, that's unfortunate. And hopefully um, in 2020, we'll see that change. And, and that will obviously as practitioners, we'll have to be alert for that. We might take cases we otherwise wouldn't take if we think we can get an award and apply to a fund for collection. Um, so that's something we'll have to keep our eyes on as, uh, as going forward. And it's something that Pete touched on, I think is going to be, even though it's, it, it really won't be applicable in 2020 because the implementation of the rules won't even begin until June, we're going to figure out a way to get Reg BI stuff into hearings on supervision cases, because even though they're technically new standards, it's a lot like, you know, notice to member, Reg Notice 1022 on private placements and due diligence. A lot of it is a rehash of things that either should have existed before or have existed for many years. Um, so we will seek to use that offensively in our supervision cases, um, as I'm sure that the defense bar will say, hey, look, these aren't even regulations yet that we're supposed to be complying with. So how can they be relevant to a claim in 2020? It's out there. The checklist is on FINRA's website, and there's a lot of good stuff in there that I really think uh, would behoove any practitioner either side of the aisle take a look at and, and learn that checklist. Um, and start crafting discovery based off it too, actually. So uh, those are the areas that I plan on talking about. And uh, I think it's going to be a pretty informative session and uh, look forward to 2020. Thanks everyone for listening to this episode of the Knowledge Group podcast. Don't forget more information about the panel, the full agenda and how to sign up and listen to the event all found in the description box down below. And don't forget about the code podcast25. When used at checkout, that code gets you 25% off that first webcast registration. That's podcast25. We look forward to seeing you December 13th, and until then, take care. Bye for now.